Welcome to our prayers on uh, Sunday the 21st of June 2020, the second Sunday after Trinity. Let us pray. I close my lips and silent hear your word. I close my eyes and blind I see your face. I close my hands and turn to you in prayer. I open my palms and receive your benediction. Jesus, lover of my soul. Peace.
Psalm 69 As for me, I make my prayer to you, O Lord, at an acceptable time, O God. Answer me, O God, in the abundance of your mercy and with your sure salvation. Draw me out of the mire that I sink not. Let me be rescued from those who hate me and out of the deep waters. Let not the water flood drown me, neither the deep swallow me up. Let not the pit shut its mouth upon me. Answer me, Lord, for your loving kindness is good. Turn to me in the multitude of your mercies. Hide not your face from your servant. Be swift to answer me, for I am in trouble. Draw near to my soul and redeem me. Deliver me because of my enemies. Amen. Now a reading from Romans chapter 6. Should we continue in sin in order that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died in sin go on living in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptised into Christ Jesus were baptised into his death? Therefore we have been buried with him by baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be destroyed and we might no longer be enslaved to sin. For whoever has died is freed from sin. But if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Here ends the reading. A reading from Matthew chapter 10. Jesus said, A disciple is not above the teacher nor a slave above the master. It is enough for the disciple to be like the teacher and the slave like the master. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more will they malign those of his household? So have no fear of them, for nothing is covered up that will not be uncovered, and nothing secret that will not become known. What I say to you in the dark, tell in the light, and what you hear whispered, proclaim from the housetops. Do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground unperceived by your father. And even the hairs of your head are all counted. So do not be afraid. You are of more value than many sparrows. Everyone, therefore, who acknowledges me before others... I also will acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever denies me before others, I also will deny before my Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And one's foes will be members of one's own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. 
And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take up the cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Those who find their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake will find it. Here ends the reading. Lockdown relief or losing life to find it. A talk for the second Sunday after Trinity, 21st of June, 2020. Living in a time of the coronavirus means learning to cope with contradictions. The paradox most commented on and probably most keenly felt is the way we've been showing our care for those we love by avoiding them, thus shielding each other from potential infection. Then we've been applauding the likes of bin men and delivery drivers and other previously disregarded operatives now exalted as our key workers. And this week we're adjusting to the odd scenario of the so-called people's game football proceeding without any people present. Whilst we've heard of how living under lockdown has damaged people's mental health, An interesting twist on this is evidence that many people's anxiety levels have improved during the crisis. This has even been given a name, lockdown relief, describing how people who are driven by keeping up appearances, productivity, showing up to everything, achieving lots, being visible and being there for everyone, have found themselves feeling relief at not having to perform anymore. No fear of missing out while there was nothing happening to miss out on. A football fanatic poet friend of mine has just penned these lines. I'm not looking forward to football again, not missing the beautiful game. My team are unbeaten since I don't know when. I'm glad to be free of the strain. So if lockdown relief does us good, could it be that normal life is what makes us ill. It's a tantalising teaser for our times. Now, Christians are used to living with contradictions because we follow the teachings of one who was fond of saying things like, the greatest among you will be your servant. And when we apply that maxim to our key workers, we start to understand the power it carries. It is better to give than to receive, he said, A paradox felt by many in lockdown, ceasing being consumers for a while and enjoying instead finding caring and creative ways to reach out to others. Some of Jesus' sayings were so counterintuitive that even his devoutest followers have struggled to obey them. Love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you, is one of the hardest. And in a world rent apart by all forms of social division, how radical a statement this is. Loving one's enemy requires a change of heart of the deepest kind, one that most of us are reluctant to begin. Reflecting on the reason why this may be, the African-American author James Baldwin wrote, I imagine one of the reasons people cling to their hates so stubbornly is because they sense once hate is gone, they will be forced to deal with pain. 
how we deal with the pain which we, as a people, have visited on other people, is at the heart of current debates about whether and how we should make reparations for our slave trade past, whilst also attending to the pain of those who today are enslaved, the between 21 and 46 million people in forced labour worldwide. Then there is the pain of the loss of empire which has haunted the British psyche for much of the past century, and the question of how a faded old country can be reborn. Not everything that is faced can be changed, but nothing can be changed until it is faced, wrote James Baldwin in 1962. Baldwin was brought up Christian, and maybe the roots of that statement were inspired by Jesus' most fundamentally paradoxical proposition. Those who find their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. What does it mean to lose one's life for his sake so that we can find it? Is it about opening one's heart to the possibility that the way of Jesus is the route to fulfilment, joy, life in all its fullness, and being prepared to face the pain of giving up some things about ourselves to make space for something better? For some it may be about accepting and embracing the wounded parts of us so as to become more understanding of the whole, to broker a truce between the damaged and broken bits and the bits we feel more comfortable with, to increasingly understand that we are works in progress and will inevitably make mistakes, and to accept more easily that we get things wrong. One observer of the way that the lockdown changed us says that we are all acutely aware of our own soft-bellied human vulnerability at this moment. It's okay to not be okay, and to say so. Losing one's life for Jesus' sake, so that we can find it, may involve worrying less about how we're perceived by others, learning how to turn self-loathing into self-care, finding compassion for ourselves as feelings of condemnation fade. This is the language of modern psychology, and in the language of scripture, St Paul puts it this way, If we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. In later life, James Baldwin's Christianity morphed into a wider outlook on faith, and he said this, If the concept of God has any use, it is to make us larger, freer and more loving. If God can't do that, it's time we got rid of him. We are here in prayer today because we believe that God can make us larger, freer and more loving. May his spirit enable us each day to engage with ourselves and others openly, honestly, prayerfully and graciously, to treat ourselves and others with respect and dignity, confident that Christ will help us use the paradoxes in our lives as a force for good. Let us pray. Living God, we believe that you can make us larger, freer and more loving people. 
May your spirit enable us each day to engage with ourselves and others openly, honestly, prayerfully and graciously, to treat ourselves and others with respect and dignity, for we are confident that you will help us turn the paradoxes in our lives into a force for good. Amen. Let us spend a, a moment of quiet reflection to bring to God in these moments our prayers of our hearts for our world and all those things which concern us in this time of the coronavirus, this time of unrest amongst many peoples. Let us bring to God the life of our Christian community, praying for each other, asking for God's blessing on us as we seek to walk his way, even in these socially distanced times and ways. Let us remember those who are unwell, amongst them Joan Robson, Jane Lodge, Ken Rothall and Peter Reed, others who are on our hearts today. For those who have died and the families who miss them and mourn them, Carol Carruthers, Jerry Preston, Joe Ellershaw, and those who we name. Asking that God would be with us as individuals as we begin a new week and seek to walk his way. God of the present moment, God who in Jesus searches for the lost and soothes the frantic heart, bring hope and courage to we who wait in uncertainty. Bring hope that you will make us the equal of whatever lies ahead. Bring us courage to endure what cannot be avoided. For your will is health and wholeness. You are God and we need you. Amen. This is the day that God has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. We will not offer to God offerings that cost us nothing. We go in peace to love and serve. We will seek peace and pursue it. In the name of the Trinity of love, God in community, holy and one. Amen. Our closing song is a song of praise and asking for God's direction and light in our lives and the life of the world. Christ, be our light. <laughs> 